0: Things throughout history, they see a move of God, and that's what I want to see for this area. You want to see that? You want to see people encountering Jesus? You want to see families transformed? People come out of addiction. Jesus is the one that has the power to do that. Okay, we're on a mission with with God right here at Antioch. Okay, if you're not a part of our church, we'd love for you to join us. It's going to be great. It already is. Okay. All right, let's pray. Lord, we just say um, you're good. Shape our minds today. Shape our minds, Holy Spirit. Bring us into a place of right thinking. Give us the mind of Christ. So just ask for that, Holy Spirit. Thank you. We'll just pause and quiet our souls now, just like a wean child with its mother, just cozying with you, Lord. We still and quiet our soul. Soul, be still. We put to rest all the distractions all the things we're anxious about and our mind wants to run to, we just, we just put those away right now. We still quiet our soul. Thank you, Lord. All right, we're going to start with a little quiz today. Okay, you ready? I'm going to read you some lyrics to uh, some love songs, some classic love songs. I'm, I'm dressed up a little bit. I'm going to a wedding today. I'm not performing it, but I have a little part, so I had to, you know, just, it's gonna be a busy day. I had to dress now. So, this is not the new dress code, but if you wanna get dressed up for church, you can, okay? But you don't have to. Come in flip flops, it's great. So, uh, <clears throat> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, anytime I say, the, say blank, that's because that's the title, and so if I say that as part of the lyrics, then it's obvious what the song is, right? So, keep it to yourself, and then at the end, we'll reveal the answers. There's four of them, okay? I'm gonna start out easy, and we'll get a little harder. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not very good at this, so maybe these will all be really easy. Okay? You ready? It's supposed to be fun. Are you guys having fun yet? Is anybody going to have fun with this? Okay. All right. (laughs) Don't shout it out, okay? Let people have a chance. Okay? All right. Blank. My love has come along. My lonely days are over, and life is like a song. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Blank. The skies above are blue. My heart was wrapped up closer Clover, the night I looked at you. I don't know what that means. Okay, number two. <laughs> Blank, can't keep his mind on nothing else. He'll trade the world for the good thing he's found. If she's bad, he can't see it. She can do no wrong. Turn his back on his best friend if he put her down. It's tough when you don't hear the, the tune, right? No way. <laughs> Let's try. Okay, that's, that's two, Okay? Are you ready for number three? Yeah. yeah. All right. If I should stay, I would only be in your way. So I'll go, but I know I'll think of you every step of the way. And, like, this is too hard? Okay. All right, last one. This one's the hardest. Sorry. <laughs> I thought it was going to be easy. Okay, maybe this one will be easier. Oh, my love, my darling, I've hungered for your touch. A long, lonely time. Time goes by so slowly, and time can do so much. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Are you still mine? I need your love. I need your love. God speed your love to me. All right, the first one, which was blank, my love has come along. Okay, there you go. All right, the second one. Blank, can't keep his mind on nothing else. When a man loves a woman. There you go. Right, he'll trade the world for the good thing he's found. If she's bad, he can't. Oh, okay, I'm not going to sing. All right, number three. Uh, I'll think of you every step of the way, and I will always love you. Yes, isn't that wonderful? And the final one, oh, my love, my darling, I've hungered for your touch, is... Unchained Melody. Interesting interesting factoid by the Righteous Brothers, of which John Wimber was the manager at one point in time. Okay, there you go. All right, so as I mentioned, I'm going to a wedding today. um, And some of these songs, you know, maybe we'll hear at the reception. We love, love songs, right? Even some of these, I mean, they're old, right? Maybe I'm, like, giving away that I'm not cool anymore. I don't know. These aren't the ones that people are singing. I mean, they're classics, right? We love these songs, Okay. Sometimes when we're in love, sometimes when we want to be, sometimes maybe when we were, or sometimes when our love is far away, okay? So all kinds of different emotions that these things are talking about. All right, Brian, get to the point. Again, as I've said every week this year, I think the word of the Lord for us as a people for 2019 is to rejoice always. We are learning to rejoice in every circumstance of our lives, good or bad, high or low, we are training ourselves to say, man, Jesus, you're, you're awesome. You're my Savior. Okay? Even in the craziness of life, Paul is telling us, rejoice always. And again, if we, if we do that, the Lord's promise to us, as we grow in that, he's going to be growing and giving us vision and seeing the specific ways for, he's calling us to reach out in our community And what he's doing in this area. We're going to be able to see that more more clearly what God is doing and to be able to rush in and join him in that. Okay? So why are we talking about love songs? Well, rejoicing comes easy to people that are in love. When you're in love, when you have those wonderful feelings, right? Right? It's usually easy to rejoice, isn't it? So the question is, right? How would you get to the point in your life where you could write a love song to God? Now, that feels maybe for some of you like a little weird, you know, or abstract, or kind of like, okay, well, that's kind of funny. How would that ever happen? I mean, how could, how could you fall in love with God to the extent that you would be like so impassioned that you could write some, you know, love melody? You know, how can we love God to this place where we could even say that, man, I'm in love with you, God? Is that even okay to do? That's a little weird, okay? So to do that, we're gonna be looking at another book of the Bible. We've been doing lots of series on the Bible this, this year. It's been great. Sorry, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I just mean that to say we've been doing a lot of like book studies, okay? We don't, sometimes we do more uh, topical stuff. But this one we're calling uh, how, to, how to Write a Love Song, an Exploration of the of the Book of Psalms. And Psalms isn't all love songs, it's all, there's all kinds of different Psalms. There's some kind of community things, there's Laments. We'll try not to go too much there because we just did the Book of Lamentations. I'm so excited to be done with that book. Um, move on to some more joyous things, but. So we're going to be looking through the book of Psalms and some different kind of songs that people wrote that I, that I hope will be really striking to you that, wow, someone's like writing that to God. Like, how is that possible? And asking the question. Because here's where I want to get in this summer as we look through the book of Psalms. I want you to encounter Jesus. Every time I stand up here, my, my prayer really is that you would meet Jesus in a profound way in your life. Because I can give you something up here, but if I'm giving you anything other than Jesus, man, it's just not going to cut it. I can give you some nice wisdom for your life or maybe some strategies or things, but you need Jesus and you need him for you, your relationship with him, that you are able to meet with him on a daily basis, that you feel his love and not just have some abstract belief up here, but that it's pushed down into your soul where you could get to the place in your life where you say, Man, God, I am in love with you. I can't get enough of you. That's why hope is for you in this series. So, to start, we're going we're to look at Psalm 42 today. So, if you've got a Bible you want to turn there, Psalm 42. All right, Psalm 42 i read the first few verses here. We'll do this in a couple sections. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me all day long, where is your God? So going through it, some hard stuff here and being accused by others, there's inner turmoil, external turmoil Poetic, sorry, maybe that colorful is not the right thing. That has a bad connotation. Some poetic language here uh, that maybe doesn't quite work for you. Okay, here's a, here's a, you know, simile here. As the beaver longs to chew on bark, so my soul, you know, longs for you. Okay, it's not really working. As the squirrel yearns to feast on his acorn stash. So Okay, you're getting the point, okay? So there's some language that's being used here. There's a couple of you in this congregation that I see today that, you hunt deer, so maybe you have, there's a little more in there for you. You're thinking about deer? I don't know. Okay, maybe not. Let's see if I can do a little better here, not than the Bible, but just make it contextual a little bit, okay? I want you to think about a long day at the beach, okay? Hot sun, sweating out there, you're sandy. You know, you come home, you have a cookout in the yard, you're grilling burgers and dogs, Okay, your kids are running around on the grass. you get some friends over. It's a great day. You get in the house and you're longing for that nice shower. so you can get in the clean sheets, right with a cool summer breeze blowing. Right, that's the longing. I right, guys track with me there? Oh man, as my body and mind just longs for that shower after a day. OK? Right, I'm trying here. Okay, something like that. Okay, whatever it was in this time period that is making kind of this picture of a deer really ring true for this people, this is what the author is saying. This, this, he's got this longing for God, and he's really missing him, actually, in, in what's happening. You'll hear a little bit more about the kind of the story, the background of what's happening here, but he's missing God. He wants to be with God. Where can I go and meet with God? okay. Like a like a man or a woman that hasn't seen their lover for a while, he, he he's he's expressing, he's emoting this amazing, just like connection that he's just wanting to go and worship God. So he's mourning, and this is actually an individual lament psalm. If you you know kind of want to know what type of psalm it is, there's many different kind of structures that's used. There's a little bit of lament in here. This person's talking individually to God, but he's he's wanting to go and worship them together. So notice, guys, what he does. He's feeling conflicting emotions. Part of him is he's he's talking about tears, but he's like longing to be with God, but he's somehow disconnected. So what does he do in that moment? You'll hear this refrain, refrain three times in this passage. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Which means he's feeling downcast. Why are you so disturbed? He is feeling disturbed. And so he speaks to himself and says, put your hope in God. For yet I will praise him, my Savior and my God. Notice what he's doing. He's speaking to himself. He's speaking to his soul to put his hope in God. In the, in the Hebrew language, that word soul, it, it sounds a little, you know, what's my soul? How do I speak to my soul? It really is a word that just means self, like your life. It can mean your inner emotions. So it just means he's, he's talking to himself. He's just saying, self, Brian, put your hope in God. And guys, this is the place where the battle rages. Is right here in your mind. If we are longing to connect with God and we feel downcast or disturbed within ourselves, the place we begin is here. What am I thinking? The book of Psalms is all about two words in terms of moving forward. There's a lot about connecting with God and kind of other things, but it's about thinking and thanking. Those two words are extremely powerful. Establishing right thinking in your mind, and thanking God for what He is doing, praising and worshiping Him—that is the Book of Psalms, right there in a nutshell. It is about getting right thinking about the nature and the character of God, changing your mind so that your heart is changed. I read an article yesterday about the illusory—I say that word right—illusory truth effect which has kind of come into the spotlight given many of the political things that are happening in our world and the ways that people are interacting with media. The basic idea is that people will believe anything if they hear it enough. So if you want to promote something that's false, just say it enough times until people believe it. If you eat carrots, it's good for your eyes. That is totally not true. True. But many of us think that that's true because we've just heard it enough times. So to send this article, it said scientifically that is not true. See, because you have heard it enough, you think it's true. So maybe you can look it up, see if it actually is true, right? There's many other examples of of, of how we do this. Hitler used this exact idea in promoting his propaganda. You say something enough times, people will start to believe it. Other political leaders do this as well, okay? Just saying, a whole fake news deal and all that stuff. And the reason is because in your mind, familiarity with something can often trump rationality. So when we're presented with an idea, right, and we have this ability to say, okay, let's reason this out and see, is this true? I'm analyzing it based on my experience and things that I've, I know that'll be true, etc. Oftentimes, our brain is tired, and so instead of wanting to do all the hard work of actually like looking up the facts and doing the research, we just say, oh, yeah, the familiarity just trumps the rationality because, oh, I've heard that before. Yeah, yeah, I know that's true. How much more do we need to feed our brain with what's actually true? We need to become familiar with what's true, right? Right? If the truth is familiar, lies and everything else will be easily exposed. The Psalms is about thinking right. It's about thinking right and about then thanking and praising right. That's what this is about. And that's why in this passage you can say, man, God, you feel far off. My soul is downcast. And so he's questioning, why are you downcast, soul? I'm going to speak to you and say, put your hope in God. Why? Because yet, I will yet praise him. God will rescue me. He will get me out of this situation. He will bring deliverance. Because he's my savior and my God. He's speaking truth to his own heart. That's one of the reasons that when we sing worship songs that are, that are especially have a lot of truth about Jesus, about God, about theology, it's doing something to us. It's putting that truth, making it familiar. It's making it familiar to us. I think it was Martin Luther who was talked about, you know, he was so emphasized, the hymns that they would write and sing, because he knew that was where the real work of getting theology in people's minds was happening, more than the sermon, because they're repeating those things over and over again. All right, moving on. Verse 6, he comes back though. My soul is downcast within me, therefore... Okay, my soul is down for it, downcast. Therefore, what will I do? I will remember you from the land of Jordan, the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mizar. I don't know exactly where that is, but somewhere near the Jordan. He's longing to go to the temple, but he's not able to get there physically. And so he's remembering God. Deep calls the deep, and the roar of your waterfalls, all your waves and breakers have swept over me. That's not meant to be a, like a happy thing, most of the commentators are saying, you know, that that's, feels like he's, got, oh, God, you're pummeling me. You know, maybe that he's sitting by the Jordan River and there's a waterfall or two that he's sitting around and he's picturing this. However, by day the Lord directs his love, at night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God my rock. Notice what he's doing. He's speaking to God. Why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? He's bringing those things to God. We talked about limitations. I won't belabor that point. He repeats his refrain again. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. For I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. He's feeling, in this one, he's feeling forgotten by God. So he said his soul is downcast, he's disturbed, he's got tears day and night. He says his soul is downcast again. He says, why have you forgotten me? I'm going about mourning, I'm oppressed, my bones suffer mortal agony. And so what does he do? He remembers God and he says, wait a second. Uh, Even though this is what he is experiencing, he's saying, wait a second, why are you so downcast, soul? Why are you so disturbed within me? Even though the circumstances of his life and his emotions are going crazy, he says, he speaks to himself and he says, Brian, put your hope in God. Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. He uses his mind to tell his emotions, hey, this is what's true. And this is where this path will lead, guys, if we can go down this. Faith and believing truth, trusting God, always leads to an encounter with Jesus. When we start to get our minds right, when we start to bring ourselves to a place of trust in God, letting go of the circumstances, even pushing those emotions, right? Obviously, voicing them out, but not letting them dominate what we think, because they want to go haywire. But instead, being like that weaned child with its mother, resting and trusting in God is going to lead to a place of encounter. And that's what he's looking back on. He's bringing back to mind the testimonies of his own life. I remember when I was at the temple. I remember when I encountered God. I remembered what it was like when I felt your presence that time, when I was in seventh grade. I remember what it was like when, you know, you rescued me in this situation of my life. He's bringing those things back to mind. No, this is who God really is. This is what he has done in my life. Guys, our mind influences our emotions. Okay? My daughter's in the nursery right now, Alma. She's allergic to oats. Okay? If someone came and ran to me, oh my gosh, we fed all my Cheerios, you know, what's gonna happen to my emotionally? You know, ah, anxiety, fear, worry, concern. And they go, Oh, I'm so sorry. I oh, it was actually kicked, so she's okay. Oh. It wasn't true. But because I thought it, what happened? I received a thought here, and what did it do to my emotions? Boom. That's how it works, right? Our thinking influences our emotions. And so what the author of the Psalms is saying, hey, soul, don't be downcast. Put your hope in God. Renew your mind with the truth. Right, there's that other song that we sing, right? We, we, we probably haven't sung this as the deer pants for water song in a while, right? Oldie bit a goody. It's goody. Okay. Like Chris Tomlin's song, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Which, another way to say that, right? Bless the Lord, self. Brian, bless the Lord. In the midst of a difficult circumstance, you're just going to tell yourself, Bless God. Praise Him. You see that all through the Psalms. They're speaking to themselves. They're emoting out, yes, as we talked about limitations, but then they're renewing their mind. God is trustworthy. I can put my hope in Him. I will yet praise Him. He will rescue and deliver me. There was a years, many years ago, while I was a teacher, um, I pulled into school. I was running a little bit late, and I usually do my best work in the morning. So I went into my classroom. I was like prepping my lessons for the day, uh, for my seventh grade classes, and uh, a coworker of mine came into my room and said, "Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry." I ran into your car while I was parking, and so he's like, "You know, you want to go look at it." So I like we run outside, and I'm like, "I'm, I'm mad that he hit my car." I'm also mad because now it's like I'm like have like this short window of time to prep all the stuff for the day, and here comes these crazy seventh graders. If you're not prepped, it can be chaos. So, you're a teacher. You're like identifying with that emotion right now. I'm like, I can feel it right now. Actually, all right. Sorry. So we go outside and like, you know, I'm like, i like, start walking around my car, like looking and I'm like not seeing anything. He goes, April Fool. Oh, it got me. Got me so good. Okay. Not true. And yet emotionally what's happening? I am having a reaction because of thoughts that have entered my head and they're influencing my emotions. Obviously in this case, negatively. We need to turn that around especially when you're in a place where your soul is downcast. We've got to renew our minds with the truth. We've got to think right so we can thank right. And when we do that, it's going to lead us into encountering God. And that's what the Psalms, you know, the Psalms, that's why people love the Psalms because it's, it is so real and emotional and raw, but it's also this place of, like, it makes you remember the things that God has done for you. It's, it brings us to a place of encountering Jesus, that we would really know him, not just in our minds, but we can begin there and influence that with the truth of who God is. All right, Psalm 43. Some people think these really were one psalm written together, and you'll see why as we read through the rest of it. So I'm just doing this all as kind of one psalm. One, one song. Vindicate me, my God, and plead my cause against an unfaithful nation. Rescue me from those who are deceitful and wicked. You are God, my stronghold. Then, right, why have you rejected me? It's feeling rejected by God now. Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? Send me your light and your faithful care. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy mountain, the, to the place where you, do, you dwell. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God, my joy and my delight. I will praise you with a lyre. Oh God, my God. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. So again, he's still feeling this oppression. Now he's feeling rejected by God, not just for God, but now, oh, God's remembered me, but now he's rejecting me. That's what he's feeling. But he comes back and lands again on the same place. Wait a second, soul. Wait a second, self. Wait a second, Brian. Why are you so disturbed? Why are you so downcast? even though the circumstances are not good. He's somehow unable to get to the temple, worship and community. We don't know exactly the circumstance. It's kind of the beauty of the vagueness of the Psalms. We can relate to it. But he's putting his trust in God. He's saying, nope, I'm gonna hope in God. Nope, I'm gonna trust, I'm gonna know, yet I will praise him. He will redeem me. He will rescue me. It's this faith Right? It's leading him to a place of rest for his soul. Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I don't know if you've ever read that and gone, okay, what, Jesus, where's the rest? I mean, you're promising it here. You're, you're, you're laying it on pretty thick, right? We'll find rest for our souls. So guys, it gets activated by our faith. We have to believe that that is available before we can access it. We have to renew this. Before we can enter into that rest, it requires a relationship of trust. Weaned child with its mother. Maybe you giggled when we read that. You know, it's kind of a funny picture. I was walking. It's, there's the picture. You can see it right now, except it's a father. Right? I was walking by just coming up before we start church, and there was Grayson with his little daughter. Everest just cozying, in, and I just said, oh, man, isn't that just the best You know, Grace is like, yeah, it's great. She's a little sick. You know, she just needs her dad right now, cozying. There's a, there's just a picture, right? A living picture there of just an expression of trust. This is not like let's build up enough faith and just believe all the right things and let's no, that's not. Jesus says mustard seed. It's just the right direction of your faith, putting your trust in the right place in God in who He is for you and your circumstance. I told this story a while back, but I think it illustrates the point well. So when we went through this crazy move situation, you know, we sold our condo in Beverly, we put all our stuff in this storage pod, and they, you know, shipped it off somewhere to some field in like Massachusetts somewhere, right? Who knows where it is? can't access it, you just got to give them the phone call and they'll say, okay, thank you, $80, we'll deliver it wherever you want. We'll charge you another $80 to pick it up, great. Okay, so it was a blessing, thank you, Lord. During that time, I remember having a conversation with somebody and said, oh, like, you know, it was actually with Bob, the custodian here, and he said they had a storage unit out here and he said, oh yeah, we got some rats got into it and we just had to like toss everything that was in there and get rid of it. And I said, rats? Rats? What? I mean, rats, this thing's metal. He's like, yeah, just chew right through it. You know? I'm going, what? You know, like, that's all our stuff, man. Our couches, our, our, our bed, you know, all this furniture we bought to furnish our first house. Like, we got all kinds of stuff in there. What do you mean, rats? You know? He's like freaking out, you know? I had a choice in that moment. I said, okay, Lord, what do you want to tell me about this? He said, Brian, I'm going to protect your stuff. Okay? There's the choice in front of me. Am I going to put my trust in God? Am I going to believe what he said? Or am I just going to continue to freak out and let my emotions rule? I did a little bit of both, okay? But I landed finally. I said, no, I can't think about that anymore. I can't go to that place of fear. I can't go to that place of anxiety. I've got to just trust God. Lord, I'm resting in you. I'm the wean child. Put me in your arms. I'm resting in you. I'm trusting that you love me. I know that you're good. I trust that I can hear your voice. That's the battle every day we are fighting. And so when we are in that dark place or just a little bit of darkness we are learning we are together saying no what's true who is god? Who has he said I am? What are his promises to me in this book? What can I always bank on? You're feeling lonely? You feel forgotten? You just go, man, Jesus, you said I will never leave you or forsake you. I am believing this true. I'm going to declare it over myself until I start to feel that that is true. I'm not waiting until I feel it. I am starting and saying I'm starting with truth. I'm saying this is God's word. I am believing it. Boom. I'm going to declare it over myself and the situation until I start to experience the reality of that. Why? Because Jesus said it is true. God is love. God, man, I don't feel your love right now. I'm not feeling that. I feel rejected. I feel alone. I'm just going to repeat that truth. God is love. God loves me. Jesus loves me. This I know. That'll work too. I'm speaking to myself. I'm declaring the truth over myself. Now, what does this have to do with falling in love with God and writing a love song? Everything. It has everything to do with it. We fall in love because there's something going on in our brain, in our minds, and the way we think about somebody, whether it's an infatuation and we build somebody up or, you know, whatever it might be. It's all about our thought life. It leads us to experiences with someone. Right? That joined experience with someone that leads us to, I can't explain love. Who can explain it? Right? The Bible says. Who can explain that Man and woman. There's something here for us in leading with truth that's going to bring us to a place where we encounter God because faith releases encounter. Faith leads us to encounter. Trusting that Jesus will give us rest leads us into that place. And guys, this is not easy. Oftentimes you want to say, okay, I'm going to pray enough. I'm going to work really hard and then I'll meet God. It doesn't work that way. We can't earn an encounter with Jesus. We can't force him to send angels to rescue us. We can't, we can't make our, our, our emotions feel certain things, but we can start to tell them this is what's true. And faith brings us into that place of encounter with God. That's what we're working on. And oftentimes we want to avoid that because it's really the harder work than just saying, I'm going to pray for an hour a day or I'm going to, I'm going to fast for a while. I'm not saying those things are bad. I'm just saying oftentimes we go to this place of trying to earn things with God and earn and get to the, so we can get to the next level or get out of this difficult situation when we just need to change our minds. That's what the shift that needs to happen in our lives. We have to change the way that we think. I've said this before, as Graham Cook says, the most important thought you have is what you think about God. If you're thinking about who God is and who he is for you is right, everything else falls into place. But it starts with the correct belief about who God is. And we're going to encounter that in the book of Psalms. There's going to be lots of truths about God. There's not a ton of them in this, in this psalms that we're saying today in terms of specifics. But the point is clear. Why are you so downcast? Why are you so disturbed with me? Brian, put your hope in God. What's the truth, Brian? What are you believing When I meet with people and there's stuff going on in their life, we're always going back to the place of, okay, well, what are you believing right now? What are you believing about this situation? What are you believing about yourself? That is where the battle lies. If you want to talk about spiritual warfare, that's spiritual warfare. It's about what you think in your mind. Jesus has gone ahead of you. He has. The God of the universe entered a dark world. Entered your experience. And and lived an amazing life of love. And surrendered to death at the hands of wicked people. And God raised him from the dead. And he's alive. And he's with you. He's with you. He's with you in your battle. And he's gone ahead of you. He's calling out right now in this moment to your heart that you would know that. The Holy Spirit is saying, believe that Jesus is with you and loves you. Oh, that would you would believe. Oh, that you would believe that I love you. And that I've given you my mind, the mind of Christ, to think that I, the way that I think, that you would meet me and encounter me and know my love for you. That you would join me on an amazing journey of friendship in bringing heaven to this world. We're going to celebrate that. The band, the worship team is going to come forward, and we're going to celebrate that as we take communion. This is the picture that Jesus has given us. He said, "This is my body broken for you." I've offered myself. Broken. I let my blood run for you that you would know that God forgives all your sin. It's all washed clean. And that you would eat this and it would come into you. And so I'm just saying by faith, there's an encounter with God for you, even in the the bread and the cup today. As you come, I'm just challenging you. Will you believe this right now with me? Faith is what leads to encounter, that as you take this, by faith, you're saying, God, every time I take communion, I encounter Jesus. Every time I do it, I encounter that Jesus is, loves me and he's alive. It's the same right here. We can just go through the motions and put this in our mouth and chew it up and swallow it down. Or we can say, you know what? No, no, no. This is a time to encounter Jesus. The lover of my soul, myself, my being, my whole life. And every time I take communion, I encounter Jesus. I receive his love. I renew my mind with the truth of who he is for me. And he's Lord. You guys do that with me today? You come to the communion to the table with faith. Why would God meet with you here? That's a terrible question. Why wouldn't he? I want to throw stuff. He loves you. It's crazy to think that way. Why me? Why God? Why now in Beverly, Massachusetts, in this little gym, da, da da Look at the colors. You know, this isn't a sanctuary. Yes, it is. Because he loves you. He loves you. There's an encounter with you here today. God wants to meet you. Believe that he wants to meet you. Just trust. Just say, no, I'm not taking anything else but I'm walking away with an encounter with Jesus today from this table. We walk by faith, not by sight. We're not, we're not, we're not just trying to work harder, guys. We're believing right, and it's going to start right now. I'm going to challenge you. Make a shift in your life as you take communion today. Let the shift be, I'm going to walk by faith. I'm going to believe what God says. I'm going to speak to myself. I'm going to speak to my emotions. I will encounter Jesus. Jesus. My life will be full of encounters with Jesus. I'm going to know that God loves me like never before in my life. I move from glory to glory. My prayers are powerful and effective. The Bible just says those things. Let's start believing them. All right. Time for me to stop. Let's stand. Jesus, I bless the cup and the bread today, the crackers and the juice. And I just release encounters right now as we take this, that people are going to feel your love like never before. You're shifting minds and hearts, even in this moment right now. You're building faith, Holy Spirit, because we need Jesus. Bring us to his feet right now, Holy Spirit. Let's come and respond. And if you need prayer, the prayer team will be up here after communion on the sides, once they take communion. If you're struggling with this, if this is a hard message, please come. We want to pray for you. So come and receive. Thank you, Lord.